Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Robin Daniels on the RiderFlex podcast. Hello, Robin. Hey, Steve. How's it going, man? Good, man. You were so, you were telling me earlier, What do you? What, how old did you say you were? 45? 45? Yeah, I don't usually give that away, but I guess the secret's out now. <laughs> I like to think that I drink the blood of the young to, you know, stay, stay vibrant. Are you doing, are you doing anything, by the way? Because uh, my I, the reason I'm bringing this up, my my 32 year old son called me mm. and he's like, Dad, I went to the men's clinic and they drew all my blood and stuff, and now I'm getting the testosterone shots and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I feel great. You mm. need to go and you know because I'll be I'll be 56 this summer and I'm like, well what all can they do for you? And he's like, yeah. well, he's like, well, didn't you listen to the, that one Joe Rogan podcast where he, he does all this stuff and they they just feel better. And I'm like, okay, yeah, great. I'll go. So I'm going <laughs> to, are you doing anything? <laughs> I'm doing something. So here's what I do. I okay. think, there, I think there are three, three dimensions of, of how healthy you are, like physically okay. it's what you eat, yeah. how you exercise and how you sleep. Right. And of course there's a whole mental aspect, but that's, that's gets very, very complicated. I think, yeah. On the eating front, I think I'm doing okay. I think I eat fairly healthy, but I could do better, but it's okay. Well, you look on great. Exercise, I mean, you you, well, you look great. You. <laughs> what, what, what do you weigh? Uh, just uh, in pounds, probably like 158, 160 or something like oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're okay. You got you got like 0.2% body fat. Damn. What do you what do you you're, you're eating broccoli and lettuce every day. <laughs> well, I, try, I, try, I do eat some sugar, but I try, I'm trying to eat healthy. So on that scale, I would give myself probably a seven or eight out of 10. Pretty healthy, but I could be better. On the exercise, I exercise quite a bit. Usually I try to exercise every day, knowing that I don't really get to it every day, but so about five or six times a week, and it varies between wow. some high intensity stuff, some weights and a lot of running. I love running. It's kind of my thing. And then okay. this, the third one is sleep. And sleep is really shit for me. Like like my sleep over the last, I think, two plus decades of high intensity work, yes, lots right. of travel, yes, yes. different time zones. It's like, it's, it, I mean, it's really been source. I've been on this quest to get back to really uh, sleep better, but even went on a sleep camp in Italy for a few days. You know, really? Like, really? Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. Tell me about what, 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 what it was, sleep it was, camp. Uh, what do you it do was there? weird, man. It was weird. <laughs> what do you like? Hold hands? Like you all hold hands? Yeah. Kind of like, okay, it's all. Well, how does that work? Sleep it, camp. Never heard of that. It was like, it was part science where they did a lot of measurements about, you know, putting on, uh, like th th thinking about how you sleep and what state your body's in. Are you kind of in a reactive mode or more like relax, relaxed mode? Obviously I'm, I'm very kind of intense. And so it's like, duh, I knew that the results came like back. Like stuff connected to you? Like, 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 my yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, basically. And then there was a lot yeah. of alternative stuff, which I thought was a little weird, like okay. uh, laughter, yoga, mindful eating, crystal healing, which was like, okay, well, this, I mean, it's what? very nice, but I'm like, what, what am I going to do with this when I'm not, not <laughs> at a cool place in Italy? Because one, one of the things, right, Steve, is, is that, and this comes back to your point of like, yeah, you, what your son did. I think listening to all these podcasts, Joe Rogan, and, yeah. and there's so many of them out there. They have all yeah. these great experts on there. Most of us have all the knowledge we need 
to be healthy, successful, happy, you know, it's whether or not we actually take action on it, right? And you can point. drive yourself honest. And I think you can drive yourself a little bit crazy trying to do it all. And, uh, and on sleep, for example, mm. I'm sure most of us have right. all the knowledge we need about sleep. Like if you have to, if you wake up at 6 a.m. every day and you go to bed at 9 p.m. and you eat the same thing every day and you have a temperature controlled room and it's dark and you have this here, you can probably have perfect sleep. But I also said to the, the people at this retreat, I said, well, that's fine if you're a monk. I'm not a monk and I don't want to be a monk. You know, my I, I love it. I live a dynamic life. I love to travel. I like being with friends. I like going to different yeah. experiences. Like I need the sleep hacks for a dynamic life. Like what if the I'm point. a different time zone suddenly or if I'm going out with a, with a customer for dinner and I get back at 11 o'clock at night, you know, like my my life is not static, you know, and I don't want it to be static. I'm not like maybe later. In life, but, but, so, so they they taught me a lot about interesting like how do you like control your mind and you like, yeah, get into a state of mindfulness so it's, it is getting better but it's it's still not perfect how many like, how many hours a night do you get usually like what on average you think it's uh, a good good question i think probably between if i look at my watch like between six and seven hours but it's yeah. it, I, I wake up a lot which is the problem like i feel like i'm not it's not like deep sleep so i'm like constantly in and out you know i have a hard time staying asleep so and i think it's just being in this intense mode you know I've had some very intense jobs that he kind of uh, alluded yes. to a little bit, you yes. know, yes. and, and, and I like it. I like the intensity. I'm not somebody who can just kind of come in and phone it in. So, so that also means that you're constantly like thinking about work, you're operating mm -hmm. in, you know, in like a very high level. Um, and, and I like it, but it also of course takes a toll in a different kind of, it like means like my body's used to kind of like being wound tight in some ways, but at the same time, I also recognize it's part of my superpower. Like I have high energy and people usually, like being part of that high energy I mean, yes how many, how many people yes. do you like in your life who are like low energy that you want to hang around with? oh like, yeah i yeah, know <laughs> <laughs> so, so you well, gotta also use it to your advantage if you can right <laughs> oh yes what about yes, what yes. about you what, how, how would you rate yourself on on those three things uh, what to eat how you're exercising you know, so, so so i'm uh, i'm 5 11 and i i'm weighing 186 hmm. now my doctor said uh for my age i need to be at 180 or less so i'm trying hmm. to i'm trying to get down six more pounds so this is what I did. I cut out the shitty coffee creamer that, that I was mm. putting in my coffee. That's number one. That's so why I'm using healthier creamer because that was huge because mm. I drink like eight cups a day and I'm pouring that nasty creamer in there. <laughs> I did that. I cut out chips mm. and I cut out most of the bread. I mean, every mm. once in a while I'll have some. And then I, I really backed way off beer and drink more red mm. wine instead of the beer. Mm-hmm. Just doing that along with about 30 minutes of treadmill time in the morning. Mm. I mean, right. I started pulling pounds. I mean, like you said, yeah. it's not rocket science, right? Just pick your, yeah. pick your five or six things that you want to do and just do them. Yeah. You know, I, totally. I think you hit the nail on the head. And so that's working for me. And I just need to be consistent on yeah. it. You know, like I actually, I went to, you know, have you ever been to Moab, Utah? I have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was in Moab this last weekend on a solo camping trip with my Jeep. Mm. And uh, I was out there for three days, solo camping. And when I'm solo camping, I, I don't eat very much. Like I'll mm. take some, mm -hmm. maybe some leftovers that the wife left me or something, but I don't, I'm not like cooking meals. Huh? Anyway, I come back into town and I'm getting ready to come back to Colorado. And I was like, man, I really need a cheeseburger right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you mean. Every the once thing, in a while. 
one of the biggest hacks for me it really like changed my life dramatically is uh, intermittent fasting i started that yeah. probably six okay. or seven years ago okay the first week i did it i lost like five pounds i mean and it's just i mean it's not like in like rocket science you're eating less because you're restricting your eating and for yeah. me like i skip breakfast i have no issues skipping breakfast but okay. i know like my wife you know like she loves breakfast so she she doesn't do it like it's all about finding the things that work for you yes. you know and for me just like i love which also means that I have like a reduced amount of time that I eat in usually between lunch and dinner. And then I can kind of, I don't go crazy, but I, I don't watch it as much. Like I'm a counting calories. I just kind of eat yeah. what I feel like, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Cause knowing, still, knowing that it's a, it's, it's less, you know, are, are you running any marathons? Are you doing any like uh, races or what, what are you doing on the running side? Or are you just kind of casually at home or what are you doing there? No, no. I, I so I, so when I turned 35, I, I made a goal to run my first marathon. Oh, uh, and cool. that wasn't that wasn't San that wasn't San Francisco. And I got so hooked on it. It was so fucking hard to do. I mean, I like this. I mean, it was it was brutal and it hurt and you're in pain and the training is crazy. Ooh. But I got hooked on it mostly because of like the, the mental challenge, because there's always a point in, when you're doing something that's so hard where you want to quit. And yeah. for me, you know, it's kind of like a good metaphor for life. It's like they're, they're, you can't really quit. You're always going to run into challenges. So I got hooked on it. So I said, I'm going to do one every single year for Ooh. the rest of my life to constantly like remind myself that I can overcome anything that I set my mind to. So I did. So I've done one every year since I've turned 35, except 2020 because of COVID. And then okay. I didn't do one in 2021 because of COVID because uh, okay. everything was shut down. So I ended up doing three last year. So I did uh, three I did in first, one year. Whoa! Uh, it was a little. It, I OD'd a little bit. I did first Paris, then Copenhagen, and then uh, Berlin. And by Berlin, I was really, I was, I was a little tired of running. I gotta say, it was, it was, it was hard. That's impressive, uh, my friend. Now that yeah. is impressive. Wow! Wow! Three. Okay. So, so, so this year, I've signed up for um for one in October. So I have, I have one, so I can train over the summer and 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 go do it. Very good. <laughs> wow. Hey, man. Good for you. Is your wife? Is she athletic it's, too? Does she, oh, is your wife? Sorry. uh is she does she exercise and run with you or what what's your wife's story? Does, on yeah, yeah. Okay. She does, yeah. She's she's um she's a yoga teacher now. Um okay. and she had her own yoga studio when we lived in the US. She had to shut it down due to COVID. Super tough. Okay. I always think, I mean, like she she built spent like five years building this up. I always said, you're like a startup CEO, like you're building this up from scratch, yeah. like crazy yeah. hours, yeah. growing staff, trying to get customers, like doing all the things that a startup CEO is doing. And it was finally getting to a point of like success and getting like regular customers and, and, then, oh. and a, a good community. And then a global pandemic comes ah. in physical business. It literally yeah. went from like pretty successful to zero overnight. It's like, oh, kill oh my God, That's that was, what? that was, oh. it was brutal. She, so it was, you know, it was, you're it was in Denmark now. Does, I mean, she, does she, does she restart in Denmark or, or where are you at? Yeah, in Denmark? She doesn't, yeah. We're in Copenhagen in Copenhagen. Okay, yeah. Okay. So we moved in towards the end of 2020, um, I mean, she didn't pick it back up. She okay. didn't start her own, but she, she teaches at a studio here. Um, I see. Because it was it was tough. It was it was a really tough to let go of something that you poured so much of your heart into. And yes. I, I think I feel the same when I see all these startups now going through tough. Times. Many of them are <laughs> on the good. brink or are shutting down. And I'm like, wow, I know yes. I know what it feels like to be so close to being this close to being successful. And then there are all these external factors that you can't control, and you're beating yourself up about it. It's like this is why I'm so focused on. Is I, I write a lot about this about mindset and 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 controlling what you can i mean there's so many factors you can't control what you can control is how you show up every day your energy your commitment your determination how much effort you put into things you can control so there's so many things you control but there's a lot you can't control so as long as you show up every day and do the best that you can looking yourself in the mirror knowing that you did that then you can be proud but 
there's a lot of shit out there that you can't control. That's I mean, so like, true. So, you know, <laughs> and you can beat yourself up endlessly around this, you know, like, yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know? It's so true. The, uh, yeah. a half over half the journey is just hustling and showing up it and, is. and it shit's going to happen. Completely. Hurdles are going to come your way. Bad stuff's going to happen. Completely. I mean, that's just it. Yeah. And then you can either quit, you can either crawl in the corner and like feel sorry for yourself <laughs> or you can just keep going. <laughs> Just you know? keep going. I mean, start of life, keep I always going. thought it was like, it's like two steps forward, things are going well, and then you get punched in the face, you know? Yes. A deal a deal falls through, or funding falls yes. through, or yes. a, a star employee quits, or customers pissed off at you. There's always some shit that happens, right? It's like, you just have to, totally you have to learn how to deal with it, right? It, comes, it totally happens true. all the time. <laughs> and, even, and even when things are going well, I'm still stressed. You know, my wife always gives me shit about that. Last year, our, you know, I don't know if you know this, but our, our day job is a recruiting firm, right? A recruiting. Mm, sure. Firm. We had our best year last year up. We were up like 70% over prior year and things are going great. Cash flow is good. We're having a best volume year. You know, it comes around October, November. And my wife's like, what is your deal? She's like, we're having, we're having a great year and you're more stressed now than you were last year. And I'm like, well, it's just always there when you're an entrepreneur and you, when you're a startup That's business right. owner, it's always, you're always like, well, okay, well, what about this client? What if this happens, this yeah. contract? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're just always stressed about it. It is very difficult <laughs> to, uh, to, to, to just fully relax, which is why yoga and things like that, or going camping in Moab totally. by yourself to escape or whatever you need to do. Uh, to mentally. But I think maybe it just relax. says something about, Maybe it says more about you. I, I'm very similar, you know. I've had so many um, intense jobs, and I've kind of, you know, had a had Salesforce box, WeWork, you know. Yes. And then, yes. and then I went to LinkedIn for a while, right? And I thought I was standing facing the opportunity of going to several different cool companies. Some of them are like in hyper growth. Some of them a little bit more stable and growing a little slower, but but amazing. And I was at this point where I just come off crazy. Right, grow, with Salesforce, grow yeah, yeah, grow, grow, grow. Salesforce, then boxed, you know, and then like this small company called Vera that ended up getting acquired. We, I joined less than ten people, and it ended up getting acquired Wonderful. after several rounds of funding. And so it's like good ten years of just kind of like craziness. So I ended up standing in front of like the opportunity of joining several different companies, and uh, I thought, ah, oh, I don't know if I want to work like a hundred hours a week, you know, right. all the time anymore, you know, and, right. and even though I'm kind of said, so I ended up. Uh, joining a, a little bit more stable company, you know, LinkedIn in, in 2017. And I ended up working nearly the same kind of craziness. And my wife goes, I, I think it's you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. It's just like, I like, you- I like, I like having an impact. I like do, doing things that, that, you know, inspire and lead teams. And it's, uh, and when you're passionate about what you do, I mean, it's, I mean, there is a downside to it. There's no doubt, but I, there I'm is. also very passionate about it. You there know, is. Of course, there is. I'm sure you there are. Is a, there is a mental and physical downside. Does that work? Does that work ethic and that drive? Uh, is that from your po- Is that from your folks, your parents, your mom, your dad? In fact, so I guess two part question. Yeah, is it yeah. from them? Where does that come from? And tell me about your folks and growing up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, so I was born and raised here in Copenhagen uh, to okay. two very hippie parents. Oh really? Okay, cool. Um, yes, yes, cool, yeah. Cool. So, so like they, were, they uh, had like a little, they had, they had like a little mushrooms, and they were growing plants, oh, and lots of, lots of, lots of LSD and weed. I mean, <laughs> we were like super hippies, like marching cool. against the Vietnam War and, and all cool, that cool, stuff. Cool. So, so, yeah, so, so, 
that my 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 mother actually was born and raised in the U.S. She she fled the U.S. in the '60s with uh, a guy because he was drafted into Vietnam War. They've traveled around Europe. Wow, she Asia, she was Africa. she was a true hippie. Okay, that, that's oh yeah, like, she was like marching in Washington. For real, she saw she saw MLK speak. You know, like like she was like really like a, wow. A, a All right. So traveled around for a while. Ended up they they ended up um, going their separate ways, and she ended up staying at a commune in uh in sweden i believe it was and then they she met my dad there so two two, two super hippies wow very yes. like you know okay. and uh very ideal idealistic i think in the, in their way of, of looking at the world um they fell in love they ended up you know, uh, having three kids and i'm the youngest of three boys and um, okay. and then they got divorced in the in the early 80s um and uh, and I really grew up with my mother and my two brothers mostly. Now, so how, old were you, I, 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 how old were you when they divorced? Uh, I was. It was happening when I was like six and seven years old. Ooh, that's so, tough. That's tough. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and and my you know my parents were they, they were macrobiotic. So the first like seven yeah, seven years of my life, you know, I didn't eat any meat or sugar or processed food. You know, it was all like. Uh, grains and brown rice <laughs> when i would go to a birthday party i'd bring my own candy you know it's like super weird you're that uh, you were that they, kid you were that kid yeah i was that yeah exactly i was that i was that weird weird kid exactly <laughs> hey, then, so, so, hey look there's robin he's he's the one with the hippie parents and he can only eat like rice <laughs> exactly. so they got divorced they you know um, and i was always closer to my mom and, and honestly she had an incredible work ethic she okay. really did. She worked her ass off to support three three boys. She was living mm. in a country where she didn't really speak the language. She didn't have any really support. And mm. she had to work her ass off to support us. And I'm forever grateful for that. And also for the work ethic mm. that um, that she showed me. But but in general, I mean, because they were hippies uh, and, and idealistic, they they neither of them were ever very good with money. And uh, I believe and it. I always yep. saw. And, I one, and one of the yep. things I saw is, you know, is. How how devastating it can be when you have all these great ambitions of how you want to change the world and so on, but you're so dysfunctional when it comes to like just the everyday life, everyday kind of toll of life, and and so I never wanted to be in that situation. So always from the beginning, like saw so I, I, I like you know how sometimes you can have teachers who show you how not to do things, and so I looked at them in some ways. I mean, I learned a lot of good things from. Don't get me wrong; I don't want to misconstrue that, like the work ethic, the, the idealism, but also like being able to like support yourself and like be a little yes. bit more mindful and smart about it because, and it's not because I, I it's not, I, I've always been focused on how do I support myself? Because ultimately if I can do that, it breeds freedom and freedom is kind of the highest ideal that I personally aspire to. And it, and money is a conduit to that. It's not because I want to make money to make money, but when you have financial freedom, it, there's so many more things you can do. You can support your friends, your family. You can give back if you want to, but also gives you just tremendous opportunity to live life on your terms, I think, mm, in many ways. Yes. And, I, and I grew up in this kind of hippie community uh, with like not just my parents, but lots of other people around them who were always so dysfunctional. And Lovely people. If you met them, like, oh, super nice. But just like they were never they never had any met much success, you know, and I'm like, OK, well, how do you marry the two? I, I still mm. like to think that we're here for a deeper purpose and we can do something good for each other and for the world. But it's not a zero sum game. You can still also be successful in doing so. And, and a lot of the people that I admire now nowadays are people who have kind of figured out that that they can do do well and do good at the same time. Because the, the more you do well and do good, then you can you can do so much for other people. And that's kind that's of my true. life's mission now. It's like how can I 
do as much as I can for other. And I, I think that comes a lot from my my parents, you know, in some what, ways. What, such, such a great story there, Robin, isn't it? And this is a really good lesson for, I would say, what I would call hippie millennials or hip hippie mm -hmm. Gen Z. Like, yeah. like here, here's the deal, like changing the world and doing good. I mean, that's cool. But if yeah. you don't have any money, <laughs> exactly. it ain't going to happen. Okay. As, exactly. lo as long as the world yeah. is a marketplace and, 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 you know, capitalism thrives through mm -hmm. money, like yeah. you got to do something to have money. Money that's is right. not going to. Money's not going to just fall out of the sky so that you can That's change right. the world, so to speak, right? And, and that and, is and, and, such and, a great point. Yeah, and I and I love the I, I love you said it well. I love the idealism of the millennial generation sure. and the Gen sure, Z. It. It's, it's great. great. I mean, they 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 really want to do well for each other. They and want for to, the world. and I love that. And we and we need to. But a conduit to do so is like go be successful. Right? <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and, and until until someday they wake up and the world doesn't revolve around commerce and and money. I mean, until then, exactly. you got to have the money to do the things you want to do. So this I mean, is great. A basic example: you got to have a place to live. You got to be able to put exactly. food on the table. Like, like you know, and and so it's like I think we we need to get over that hang up. And 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 so what, through throughout my teens. I was working my ass off in multiple different when I was 15, I had three different jobs at the same time, even though I was in school, because I always wanted to like have again that that freedom to be able to kind of support myself. So I was working in a movie theater. I was working in, in a supermarket, just stocking shelves, and I was working in a hotel carrying luggage for you know rich people. So and I, was, <laughs> I loved it. I I I loved all three of those jobs, you know. Maybe also because I'm fairly naturally uh, extroverted, but I love like being helpful to people and feeling of of use and of service. It's, I I just loved it. I loved it. And I think were you a good kid? Were, were you were you were you a yeah. good kid? Like I mean, were you a partier? Were you like uh, going to mass or church? Were you like <laughs> what what like what kind of youth were you? Were you in trouble? Oh, yeah. Did you did you did you get called? For, you know, your parents got a call from the sheriff's yeah. office or what? What anything cool in there? I was as good of a kid as I could be, I think, under the circumstances. Meaning, I, I think I I grew up, you know, with two older brothers. So they were okay. always like trying to get me to do shit. <laughs> That's two older brothers do. I was very young when I smoked weed for the first Robin time. Robin will do it. Robin will do it. Robin will do it. Yeah, Robin will do it. Exactly. But also, I mean, grew up in this like hippie commune. So there's really not many rules, you know. One of the things my mom used to say to me when I would leave the house, for example, is again, she 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 did not provide many like rules in some ways, which was great, but other ways was also like when you're a kid, you, I think you need a little structure. But she would always say when I left the house, go take some risks. And so I think that kind of mentality is also, again, something I think about a lot of my older life. It's why I that's a great line, you know, at 21 ended up quitting my job and buying a one way ticket to California without ever, ever having been there, not having a job, not knowing anyone. Because I, I've always thought, well, I, I don't want to look back on my life not having taken the right risk, you know, that, that feel true to me. But coming back to your question, I think <laughs> I think I was a fairly good kid. I mean, okay. did I get into trouble? I mean, yeah, but I was not, I was not, I was never like an, an asshole. I wasn't like a bully. Okay. Okay. I was fairly, I think, well-liked and uh, I was fairly always decent at sports, you know, I was never okay. the best, but I was never the worst either, you know, All right. like All right. I could integrate All right. into lots of different things what, what about your dad what what what's what's up with your dad i mean were you not are you, are you close uh, today what what's the story there give me some insight. no no not, i mean we he he unfortunately passed away from cancer in oh, uh, 2008 okay. so so quite a while ago he was very young but again a, another good example of um a person we were never that close we got closer towards the end of his life uh, unfortunately right. but it was it was right. nearly too late 
but but he died um i think with lots of regrets and lots of like kind of bitterness around life you know um the divorce i think he was not happy about and then not spending enough time with his kids and then uh never really getting the success that he wanted so when mm. when he finally was discovered that he had he had cancer, honestly, uh, he didn't really fight it, and he just kind of like gave into it in some ways. And I don't know, and I don't know if he could have. I mean, it was so, he discovered mm. so late, it was it had spread so far that from the moment I got the call, uh, three months later, he he was he was he passed away. Versus, um, my wife's dad, you know, he uh, he also had very aggressive cancer, but he had so much to live for. And when he found out, he fought it tooth and nail. He ended up living nearly ten years longer because he had his kids, his passions, his hobbies, his life. He wanted he wanted to live, you know. And so, actually, after my dad died, my middle brother and I were very close. Uh, we ended up doing a road trip across America, and we called it the Yes to Life Tour. We want to say yes to everything that life had to offer. Like we never want to be those people who oh, shut down and are never like get so comfortable that you're not open to new experiences, new people, new places. You know, like we want to always experience what life has to offer because that's how you expand how your mind. You? So we did. How, how old were you? So this was this was in 20, 2008. So I guess I was 30 years old at the time. Yeah. 30 years what, old. What did you do? What you're like, hey, hey, uh, job or hey, hey, boss, I'm going to this. I'm going on this backpacking trip. See you. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was a road trip. Right? So we did it over two weeks, I think. I think oh, we drove okay. over two okay. weeks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't I like see. it wasn't like right. months or something. Right? Okay. But it was just like That's a trip. Like we just said, let's 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 get, you know, let's do something also to honor the spirit in some ways of all the things that my my dad couldn't never got to experience. Like, let's go mm. do something where we just mm. take us where kind of the wind blows and that's great. Experience yeah. life. So we call it the yeah, Yes very, Life Tour. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Uh, OK, so now did your did your mom have money or, or did, would you say you were middle class, poor, upper middle? Where were you? Poor. We were poor. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know yeah. what poor in Denmark means. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I know it's completely different, different system. So I, I'm ignorant to yeah. how it works, but you, you were yeah. below average, I guess. Okay. Yes, 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 how, exactly. It was only did, towards the la latter part of my teens when she started getting some success. She started her own company, okay. like an advertising agency. Oh, there's where the marketing. There's where there's where the marketing comes in. <laughs> yeah, probably it's in the yeah. jeans, my friend. Um, that's where it comes in. And, and right. she started getting quite successful, getting some really big clients and so on. But she had to really hustle and work her way up there. There. You okay. Know? Uh, yeah. So we so, so you, we grew you got up into more, yeah. you got into college on uh, how how does it work? How would you pay for school? Is it is it? There, there's, you don't have to pay for it here. That's the beauty. Of it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. So Denmark is free. <laughs> I'm so ignorant yeah. to how that works. I'm sorry. So Denmark is free no, for no, college. But it, but it, it's, even, it's even better. They actually pay you to go to school. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no matter what. Really and now is there like yeah. better schools, worse schools? And you, you yeah, know, yeah, for sure. You have to apply. You have to apply. I mean, so you have I to get see. higher grades okay. to get in some, but they're, they're all free if you're Danish and they all pay you. That. So they give you a stipend. So every month, I mean, it's not huge. I think it's probably maybe a thousand, maybe 15, no, I mean, not 15, maybe, maybe well, 1200, 1300 bucks a month or something. There's there so no excuse. Live. There's no excuse not yeah. to go to school. No excuse. No, no. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what, what percentage of high school people go to college there? Like 80%? Oh, that's really, probably. No, I don't think it's that high. I don't think it's that high. But, but even there's a lot of vocations that you don't need a, a college okay. degree for. Right? Yeah, so. Yeah, well, not everybody's a not everybody's a table tennis champion in college, like Robin. This is true, exactly. <laughs> How did you find out about that? I love the fact that you have that on your LinkedIn profile. It's so cool. I always encourage, <laughs> as a as a recruiter, you know, mm -hmm. as a guy that owns a recruiting business for a living, 
I always tell people, I'm like, listen, man, make your LinkedIn a little personal. Like get a, get exactly. a little fun. Like don't be, don't be too stuffy. Like put a little, put cool little stuff on there. I think it's great. <laughs> exactly. I think it's great that you have that on there. It's cool. But I, I actually cool. play with a group. I play with a group of friends right now and they're honestly, they're better than me. And so I've gotten a, I hired a coach to help uh, up my game. coach a table tennis. <laughs> All right, you're the only guy I've ever met that that paid for a table tennis coach and a sleep camp. Exactly. The, exactly. Wow. You can always, right. you, you can always improve, right? You can always improve. <laughs> that is that's so good. All right. So when you're going to school, I were you like, okay, I'm going to be a marketing per, professional like my mom. Is that is that what happened basically? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, no, no. I, I mean, the 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 mom thing. I I never thought of it that way. It's funny you say it. I mean, for me, it was always I was just always passionate about. Well, here's what I'm passionate. I'm passionate about storytelling. That's the thing okay. I love the most. Okay. And uh, actually, I thought I I there was like two things I wanted to pursue that I was really passionate about. One was I love technology. I'm kind of a nerd. I always like been tinkering with technology. That comes from uh, my mom. She married a guy in the late '80s who was a computer nerd. He was a programmer, and he taught me uh, everything about computers. And I really opened my eyes to the power of what technology okay. could do for us. Right. So it was like he was like a super uh, good mentor and like role model for me. They got divorced uh, uh, a little bit later as well in the '90s. But so he was a good inspiration. So I love technology. The other thing I love is entertainment movies I specifically movies they have such a profound impact on my life you know just and well that's that started the, the, the when you worked way, at the when you worked at the movie house when you were a teenager that's where that came from even 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 yeah, yeah, but true it, it accelerated but it was even before i just love how movies can make you feel and inspire it both okay. inspire you get you emotional about something make right. you think differently about the world and so i thought maybe i'll maybe i'll go into entertainment and so marketing yeah, actually you could have you got the looks it, for you got the looks for it bro you could have been an actor easy you probably still could <laughs> okay. be you probably still could be. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see my second like the second coming, right? <laughs> yes. But but marketing in some ways, especially marketing for tech companies, of course, I get to deal with technology and I love technology still. I mean, even though kind of like there's 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 also a lot of shittiness about it. Let's get be real. There's there's some some things that I think technology has kind of fucked up with the world. I know yes. people swear on Agreed. Podcast, well, we but... can do we could do a whole other podcast episode on that, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, totally. exactly. But but so marketing in some ways, but for technology companies, I mean, you get to I get to deal with tech every day, and I love that. But I also get to deal with storytelling. Like my job at the end of the day as a CMO is to put out inspiring stories. And of course, mm. that that's many different levels. There's at the brand level, at the more mm. like how do you convince somebody to actually convert into a customer? Like, but they're all stories. You're trying to basically use stories to get an emotional hook to convince people yeah. to yes. ultimately make them your advocate, so they become the, your biggest champion and tell the rest of the world about it. And so I love that marketing is really about that in, in so many ways. I mean, there's, and so, so I, I love when I get to work on like creative projects, that's, that's kind of my jam. It's just super hey, fun. Did you um, now talk to the listeners? You don't have to go all the way through your career, but I mean, you worked for LinkedIn, you worked for box, mm -hmm. you worked for Salesforce. I mean, we're for you, I don't know. You worked for a bunch of huge companies and yeah, yeah. you move and, and, and you, you had some, some IPO and some exit experience, mm -hmm. which is also wonderful. <laughs> what I'd like for you to to talk to the listeners about is, you know, did you have a goal? Did you say to yourself, I want to be CMO. Mm -hmm. I want to reach C-level. Was that like an early goal or, or you just said, Hey, I love doing this and I'm working hard and Oh, cool. I got promoted. Yeah. Great. Uh, how did it, how did that happen? And talk to the listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. I would say, I mean, when you look at the arc of my career, I mean, I've done a lot of things and, and some of them failed miserably and some of the, for companies you've never heard of, but luckily, I've, I think I've had more successes than I've had failures. And some of these companies you mentioned, and I got in 
probably because I had either had a good reputation or it was the right time, but also a little bit of luck as you know how that works sometimes yeah, in, in choosing the right career. But yeah. I had this goal you know, to, to your question um, that by the time I was 35, I wanted to be a CMO. Okay. And so I that, barely made it. I right, barely so you, made it. <laughs> I mean, Hey, that's, that's a huge, that's huge. Which, what was the first CMO position at 35? Who was that for? Vera. It was a, okay. this tiny cybersecurity company. So, but, but where I really, Got, I think the, the company that supersized my career more than anything was Salesforce. Okay. That was the one, like, I, I'd had a good career, honestly, Steve, until then. It's kind of growing steadily, like you do, like, okay, you spend yep. two years, three years, four years in this role. You maybe get promoted once here and so on, like every two, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was going well. I mean, like, I was, I was, I was getting promoted. I was getting more responsibility, more money, all that kind of thing. Um, and then, I worked at Salesforce and still fairly early days for Salesforce. Oh, yeah. oh we were like a, you started in yeah, 07. 07, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, we were like a thousand people at that point in time, I think. Mm-hmm. We were, we were, and, but but we were the cool kids on the block. And I mm-hmm. got to, the reason why I think it supersized my career, one is we had an incredible amount of freedom in the company and, the, and there was an incredible amount of trust to kind of um, just go above and beyond, like take risks, do bigger things. And I I worked with this team and especially in the in the product marketing team there that I felt like were like just like the best of the best. I call them the Navy SEALs of the industry. They were just awesome. Like I I felt like it was such an honor and a privilege to come in and work with these people every day. And of course, I mean, in order to hang with them when you're if you're a Navy SEAL, you have to deliver yourself, but you also get to be inspired by all everybody around you, right? And I felt that I felt like wow, these people are so inspiring to be around. Some of the the greatest people who be, all become CMOs now, whether that's uh, Trisha Gelman, who was CMO at Drift, or Scott Holden, who is now CMO at ThoughtSpot, or Dave King, who was CMO at Asana. Like these people have all gone on to do great things. But I felt it was such an honor to be a part of this this group. But it also made me raise my game, and I got responsibility for one of the Salesforce newer product lines. And I really leaned into it with all my heart. Still, kind of when I mentor people who want to get to that next stage in their career, I say that at some point you'll be presented with an opportunity. Uh, or you might go create your own opportunity, but at some point you have to go all in. I've never seen somebody's career take off unless you go all in. Now you have to decide when, you decide where, you decide how much you want to do, you decide, you know, how long you want to do it. But at some point you got to. I've never seen a career like take off to become a C level inspiring leader for the next 10, 20 years unless at some point you go above and beyond. Just like like That's doing the bare minimum or doing what's expected is it's not how that happens. So at some point, but you have to decide because it's also it's, it's hard work. You I mean, you work, yes. you're going to not see your friends as much, not your family. You might be traveling a lot, might be, take a toll on your health. But at some point, I think you really have to go on that. So like we talked about, there's also a dark side to it. It can, it can you know, if you don't, if you're not careful with it, I mean, I'm not saying to burn out, you know, don't get, don't get yourself there. That's, that's super hard to recover from. But at some point you have to go above and beyond. And for me, that was Salesforce. I really like leaned into this opportunity of, of leading uh, one of their products called Chatter. And the marketing of it, and uh, it kind of created a good reputation around me in the valley. So when Box came to me, Aaron Levy and Whitney Bauk, who became my my boss there, they like whatever you did at Salesforce, just come do it for us because they wanted to be like the next Salesforce. And it, it so that was I could see that because I really worked my ass off, um, it had created enough momentum that I could kind of now be a little bit more picky and and like negotiate harder for myself about what I wanted to become. But you have to have the, one of those moments in your life. You really do. You do. And, it, and and it's that's another thing. Going back to the mentality of the millennial and Gen Z, uh, work mm-hmm. life work life balance, and 
and hey, the old the old days of working eighty hours a week, we don't want to do that. Again, I commend that that thought process, yeah. and I'm and and I and I agree that there needs to you know we shouldn't be killing ourselves. But if you really want to move up and get promoted and and beat the average uh, you know performer to to get a promotion. Like it or not, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to to, to go all <laughs> in. Right. I I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is. I, now I always now, I always say no. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was sorry. gonna say I I think the key maybe is just don't do it forever. Like there's a exactly, there's a exactly. It's more like it, it's more like a cheetah, right? You you should have mm -hmm. this. You should have this short uh, 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 burst uh, of years. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe five, six, maybe ten years where you're really just cheetah speed. But mm -hmm. I encourage people not to do that forever because it, it, it's, it, you can't, it, you can't. it's you can't. hard. No. Yeah. I mean, especially when you start, let's say you get a family or you want to have yes. a little bit like a different life, you move. I mean, there's so many reasons. It could be yes. maybe you go to yes. go take care of a loved one or something who's, yep. who's not failing. There's so many reasons why you can't do it forever, but yep. you're right at some point. And I always say there, there are three ways because I would say the number one question I get from my team, so I, I, the teams I've led, um, is how do I get promoted? It can yeah, how do I get promoted? All this, how do I get promoted? Right. How so do I get promoted? One, and, and I would say, I say there's three things. There's three things you have to do. Number one, you have to consistently crush your goals, not just one quarter or two quarters, because you can all everybody can have, but consistently, and you can't just meet them, but you have to like like really crush them. You have to go above and beyond. Now, what does that require? It requires you to have clarity on what the hell your goals are. If you don't have that, go talk to your manager. Right. You have to crush your goals. That's number one. And over a period of time, it can't just again be one quarter. Ideally, a year, maybe two years, and so on. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, you have to act as if you're already at the next level. So if you want to go be promoted from senior manager to director or you know senior director to VP, well, start acting like you're a VP. Like mm -hmm. what does a VP do differently? Oh, they take more initiative. They take more responsibility. They have they lead better cross function. Like start modeling yourself after that behavior. That requires also to have a little bit of clarity around what, what does the next level actually do that's different than what you're doing. But you can always find those people, either within your company or outside your company as mentors and guides. And then the third thing is uh, get a, you have to have a chorus of support around you. I've mm -hmm. never been in a situation where these kind of promotion decisions are just kind of me, me making them in isolation. It's usually me along with other leaders in the company or maybe it's my leadership team and we're sitting around talking about, well... Uh, Linda, should she get promoted, you know, and, and so on. And I can always tell, like, if people go, yeah, she's awesome. Everybody, I, I want her on my team. Then I'm like, she's going to get promoted because she's like having built enough of a course of support. Like she's a good team player. She's collaborative. People like working with her. She produces good results versus like, oh, what about Joe? And people go, ah, I don't know. What does Joe do again? When, when that goes, then I always know Joe is not getting promoted, you know, because <laughs> nobody knows what, what Joe is doing. He's not really contributing. He's not making an impact. I'm like, the conversation's going the wrong direction. So it's that's like you great. Have to have a you have to have a course of support around you to get promoted. Love all three of those, Robin. Can I just uh, dive in on one of those? That sure. part where you're like, that part where it's so true. It's so true. There's usually a team of executives going, hey, yeah, um, what about Mary? What, is it, what do you guys think about Mary? I mean, that happens all the time, right? Yes. Very normal. Yes. Um, one of the key points there is beyond just performing and executing mm -hmm. tactically mm -hmm. the eq and the people skills and whether or not people just like like mary like being mm -hmm. around mary like mary's vibe 
That is so important because even if Mary performed really well, but she's an asshole, but they're all going to say no. Exactly. Of course. That's why that's so important because it happens all the time. You, you'll have these brilliant assholes and nobody wants to work with them. Right. They don't they don't have the core support. They're like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Mary, she's she's crushing it, but she's yeah. really hard to work with. You know, yeah. that, that's not the conversation you want. Oh, no, like, man. That, that, I can always tell that's not going well. She's not getting promoted. You know. No. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. It's really great stuff, my friend. What about um, how, how about this? If you had mm -hmm. to. Great. Those are great tips on getting promoted. First time CMO, mm. uh, anybody listening out there, or let's just say, mm. doesn't even have to be that title. First time head of marketing for a company, whatever that title is. Sure. Mm -hmm. Just got just got promoted. They're driving <laughs> home. They're like they're going to tell their spouse, like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> they're all excited. <laughs> what advice would you give them? They just got the chair. Now, now this is like uh, to quote Hamilton, like this is your shot. Now's the time to step up and go all in. I mean, like, uh, come back and I think this is your chance to do a couple of things. One is uh, come out with a strong vision that unifies everyone towards a common goal. Usually, if you're new head of marketing coming into an organization, or if you've been just promoted because there's been a lack of one, that usually means that there's a lack of coherency, vision, strategy. Like, this is your chance to come in and kind of lead from the front. Uh, so I think it's really important to come up pretty quickly and pull that those strings together for everybody of your team. Because at the end of the day, I always think um, motivation for an individual. There's a lot of things that goes into motivation. I mean, we can write, we can talk for hours about that. But there really, honestly, I think at the end of the day, two things that most people wake up and are motivated by. Number one, am I working on something that's valued in the company that's worth working on? Right, that's really important. Number one, and number two. Am I making a difference in working on this? Everything else you can kind of deal with. If you know that number one and number two are true, like, yeah, I'm working up and I'm working on a super important project for the company. That's cool. I like, feel like I feel like that's valuable. And number two, like, yeah, you know, my skills are really important in making this happen. People get frustrated. It's like they don't really know what they're working on. There's lack of clarity. There's lack mm -hmm. of cohesion like I'm, i mean I, I feel like i'm busy but i don't really know if i'm making any difference that's a shitty feeling for most people right yes. or if you don't really know if you're making a difference the worst the worst weeks i have steve are those those when i get to friday evening and i'm kind of like tired i'm with my family like and, and they're asking what did you do and I'm like i feel like i was so busy but i don't really know if i achieved anything you know it's the worst <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> uh uh you know first time I made it to sea level, I was, uh, I think I was 40, 39 or 40. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things I wish I had done different on that first round was I wish I had, uh, shaped my team faster, either by mm -hmm. replacing people that needed to be replaced or hiring quicker. I, I, mm -hmm. I let that, I let the current team kind of, kind of mm -hmm. sit there too long. Like I should have just moved way faster and going, okay, I'm going to just, let me just circle the wagons with the right yeah. people right now yeah, before yeah. I even start my strategy and tactical. Uh, I don't know if you had any, it's, I've, I've done, I've done the exact same thing. I've done the exact same thing. And it's, this again, where I think we need to give ourselves a little bit of a break. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to, to make, make big people moves, but I do wish the same thing because I've, I've taken so long. Cause the, the first thing is you got to unify people around a common goal and a common strategy. Mm -hmm. The second thing is then you got to make sure that you have the right team resources, budget, everything else behind to making that, vision a reality if you don't have the right people 
can have all the vision in the world, but you're never, never going to achieve that vision. So it's super important to move fast on either hiring the right people, moving people over to a new role, or actually exiting people, right? And that's those are tough decisions, right? They are. And especially, especially when you're you're exiting people, you know, I mean, it's easy if they're poor, low performers or they're jerks. Those are easy, honestly. The hard ones are the ones who've been around for a while. They're doing okay work. They're nice people, but you also know they're just not right for where you need to go. They're not, they're not, you know, they don't maybe have the same fire or the same skills. And so, so it's a tough one. Cause like, if you lose them, you might lose some cultural heritage, some inherent yes. knowledge. Yes. But at the same time, if you wake up with that feeling every day, you know, I know I can do better. Mm-hmm. And you have to move on it. You know, you're not doing anybody any favors except slowing the team down. And I've, I've been true. too slow sometimes in my past to like make those calls, but they're hard. They're hard calls. It, it is. It is for sure. Hey, let me ask you, are you um, uh, what? I know that we got started late because we had some technical problems. Can you go a little longer? Or do you have a hard stop here? Actually have a meeting. I just, let me see. Let me see if I can just write this person and say, go five more. Start in five minutes. Okay. Well, let me just. Okay. Uh, uh, I, so I apologize. I we, uh, no, no, no. It's okay. For the oh, listeners, see. well, for the listeners, while Robin's checking that, what happened was I, I got screwed up on my internet earlier. You know, you would think after 350 <laughs> podcasts, we'd have this shit together, but uh, <laughs> bad connection. Uh, you know, yeah, that while you're doing that, let me just also okay. say, I'm good. The, okay, okay, sorry about that. Um, I'm gonna have to have you back on the show. There's <laughs> a bunch of more things I wanted to ask you. Um, congratulations on you were promoted early as a CMO. You've done lots of awesome things already. You've, you've experienced small companies, IPOs, big companies. Are you, what's next for you, my friend? What are you, are you, are you, are you enjoying? So how many kids you got, by the way? Just one, just one. Okay. He's 16, okay. So you're, nearly 17. You're enjoying, yeah. you're enjoying, oh, he's 16. Okay, great. All right. 16. So you're enjoying family life right now, but what, what's next? Are you, uh, you're going to take another CMO spot. You're going to take a CEO. But what about C- <laughs> what about CEO? By the way, could be, uh, could, could be a CEO if anybody right. wants a, a C- CEO. Right. Uh, hit me up. But uh, I've been doing in the last year. I've been doing a lot of advisory work, and and I love it because a big part of my my uh, joy comes from paying it forward to other people. And I love yeah. spending time with entrepreneurs, with CEOs, with. Uh, other kind of business leaders who just need uh, good advice to help unlock their own potential or the potential of their team and company. So I, I, lo- I love doing that. Now, it's not something I probably want to do forever. I think it's, I'm, you know, I, I love working with a team. I love getting, I love getting in the weeds and like building yeah. something together and taking something all the way. So yeah, you're, I'll probably you're, end up doing that. Yeah, you're a people guy. I mean, your EQ, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming your IQ is high too, but your EQ is ob- obviously off the charts. So yeah, you, yeah, I can just see you. You're like, I gotta be. I gotta. I gotta be with with team. Like, come on, man. Exactly, come on, guys. Exactly. Come on, guys. Huddle up. Like, you gotta have that, right? I mean, it's also you? why this. This. It's also why this. Like this remote work thing. It doesn't work for me. I'm. I'm so happy that it works for a lot of people. Like, I don't need to see people every day, Steve. But I do want to be with people a lot of the time. Like for some yeah. things, like to build the trust, to break through yeah. on certain creative things. I think in person is much better. Now, for just a one on one or for status one-on-one. updates and so. On, remote is totally fine totally fine right like there's a lot of stuff you can do remote deep work is much better remote but from my kind of personality i really like being with people so ideally i'm like you know two three days a week would be great to see people (laughs) right that's almost a perfect scenario would you move i mean are you gonna you you guys you you stuck in denmark would you would you just keep your place there would you move back to the u.s what what have you guys talked about potentially yeah i mean we're pretty open you know i mean i think we're definitely here for the next year year and a half until my son is off to college you know that might happen in 
England, US, who knows, right? Because he, he doesn't speak Danish, so he has to go to an English speaking place. Oh, he doesn't? Place. Oh, uh, oh, he doesn't speak English? Really? <laughs> he doesn't speak Danish. He doesn't speak Danish. He doesn't speak oh, Danish. Danish. Yeah. I thought you said he didn't yeah. speak English. I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so uh, he has to go. So, we, so we, we're we looking into it, but we've got a little time. But we're here, I think, at least for the next year or so, and then, then we'll where's, see. But I'm, I mean, where, I'm pretty your, open. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where's your wife from? Wisconsin. Really? How'd you meet her? <laughs> In California. <laughs> Okay. Well, was she at school? Was she at school out there or in a job? No, no, no. She she moved out there, you know, with a past boyfriend. They broke up, you know, and then we ended up meeting up. We actually met at work. So, see, remote work, how are you going to meet anybody? I met yeah, my right. wife at work. <laughs> wow. A Wisconsin girl, a Wisconsin girl in, in Copenhagen. How? Like yeah. rarely, rarely are you guys at the pub every, every, at the pub every once in a while? She hears that Wisconsin, <laughs> that Wisconsin Minnesota accent. She's like, there's one of my people. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, man, uh, Robin, I need to have you back on the show because uh, there's a bunch sure. of stuff I wanted to ask you about social media and this world we're living <laughs> in and stuff. Oh, my God. I got to get you back on. Okay, um, we'll do that for sure. Congrat congratulations. Thank you for sharing your journey and some advice for the listeners uh, to all the aspiring uh, uh, entrepreneurs and executives and, and CMOs out there. Really good stuff, Robin. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Thank you, you being Steve. on the show. Um, it's awesome to see you. Let's do it again. All right, man.